0: Welcome to the Pursuing the Rock podcast, a podcast of Rootville Road Baptist Church. Here we talk about all things life, scripture, and ministry. I'm Andrew, the student pastor. And I'm Garrett, the college pastor. Back in action. Back here, man. Episode three. Dude, we've actually done three in a row. Man, we're going to do this thing. I mean, we don't have a choice now. We've got such a huge following. There's millions of people listening all over the world to us. Yeah,
1: 4.3 million people have listened to this podcast. Yeah, I'm just lying. I don't know Yay. really how many listen. Probably just me and you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably just me making sure it sounded good. Nobody else. Probably none of the students are even listening. Hey, if you're listening to this and you personally know us, send us a text message and say, "Hey, just wanted to let you know I'm listening to the pod." Yeah, just so we know we're not wasting our time. I, I have sent it to two different people though
1: so far. They they're they're interested. So really? we may have four total views, man. Right. I'll have
0: to watch it again. Maybe we can have five. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, today is the first day of fall. Like today's the official date of fall. Now it's about eighty degrees currently outside. Yeah, I saw something on uh, it was Twitter or something, I don't know something here the last few days.
1: It said, "Oh, it's almost fall time in Georgia. It's full of of pumpkins and mosquitoes and hot weather and shorts and." And all these things, and it said, so. So actually, the only difference between uh, fall and summer in Georgia is is the pumpkins, <laughs> just the
0: pumpkins. <laughs> pumpkins. The only thing difference is pumpkins. Well, man, hey, look, let's jump into the cast, man. Like, let's let's see where we're at. What is uh, what, what what's our subject for today? Yeah,
1: so we're gonna continue walking through the Baptist faith and message. Uh, today we're gonna talk about God the Father. Last Whoa. week we talked about God as a whole, um, but today we're gonna zoom in on the first person
0: of the Godhead, and that is God the Father. Man, that's pretty deep. Hey, so one of the things that we always talk about is why we need to know theology or why we need to know what the Bible actually says. And so one of the things we want to start off talking about is there's these two ministries. One's called Ligonier and the other one is Lifeway. And every two years they partner together and do basically a poll of the American people, just adults in general and then just evangelicals, a.k.a. a Christian for mostly... And so, what they do is they ask them like these theological questions, and they help us gauge how how like the United States is doing uh, in the Christian world. Like, what is everybody believing right now? What is everybody thinking about God, about the Bible, about people, all of these different things? And so, one of the reasons, one of the most important reasons, we think that we need to know theology and we need to know the Bible is so that we can stay true to what God cares about most. So just listen to a couple of like these uh, statistics that that they came out with uh, in, in their findings. Yeah. So the first uh, question they
1: asked is, "Does God change?" And so this is this is stati- wow, Whoa. wow. This is the statistic uh, of evangelical Christians. Uh, this is what they said: fifty percent of evangelical Christians said that God does change. These are Christians. Like, Christians quote-unquote, Christians. They label themselves as a Christian in an evangelical church in, in the United States. Fifty percent of them said that God changes. Man.
0: Which is majorly problematic when they're legitimate Scripture. Like, like verbatim say that He does not change, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, problematic. So uh, the next one says, the next question was, are we born innocent? of evangelical Christians say yes.
1: So that means that 35% of evangelical Christians say, uh, no, we weren't born innocent. Only 35%.
0: Yeah, that's right. 65% of Christians say that we are born innocent.
1: Man. All right. Uh, God accepts the worship of all religions. This one is crazy to me. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism... And Islam, 56% of evangelical Christians say
0: yes. That God accepts all those religions. Over half of those polled who are evangelical Christians who believe, they say they believe in God, say that God accepts the worship of people who do not believe in Him. That's crazy. That's sad. Uh, the next one, Jesus was a great teacher, but not God. Jesus was a great teacher, but not God. 43% of evangelical Christians say yes. And then the Bible, like all sacred writings,
1: contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally
0: true. 23% of evangelical Christians say yes. That statement. So the Bible is just a book of myths and stories. Wow. Uh, The last one, we'll end it on this. Gender identity is a matter of choice. 37% of evangelical Christians say, yes, you can choose what gender you are. So, all this to say, this is why theology is so important. This is why we study the Bible. This is why believing what the Bible says is utterly important, because... The truth is that so many people, even though they claim to be Christians, um, are not following Jesus. They're not reading their Bible. They don't have biblical convictions. Yeah,
1: and so that's why, you know, our biggest heart behind doing this podcast series to the Baptist Faith and Message is because we want, uh, one, to to let you guys know what we believe, Mm -hmm. but we also want you to know what you believe or what you should believe Mm -hmm. based off the Scriptures. Um, That's why we started the first week with the Scriptures, and that's why the Baptist Faith and Message starts the first week with the Scriptures. Is because that should drive what we believe. Um, we need to be solid on our doctrine so that when things come our way, um, when when false doctrine comes our way, we can we can identify it, we can flag it, and we can say no no no. Like here's what the Bible says about these things. So uh, mm-hmm. this is why we should believe this way. Uh, there's a, a quote from uh, a guy named Al Muller, He's the president of Southern Seminary. He says orthodoxy and obedience are the oars we must use for fighting against the straying currents of spiritual drift. All right, so that's a lot of words. Let me, let me talk that out. So orthodoxy. Orthodoxy, all that is is like basic doctrines of what we should believe, what we should commonly believe about uh, the Bible and about Christianity. And then obedience. Obedience to the truth of the Bible are the oars we must use for fighting against the strain mm-hmm. current of spiritual drift. This is a, a commentary uh, on the book of Hebrews, and so the author of Hebrews is, is warning about spiritual drift and saying, look, if you don't know what you believe and if you don't know how to obey <laughs> – the, the truth of the scripture, you will drift off course. It's a it's a boating term, right? And so, if you're out in the middle of the ocean, if you've ever shut off your your boating motor in the middle of a lake or in the middle of the ocean, like you don't sit still. Mm-hmm. There's no possible way for you to sit still. Even with the anchor, your boat drifts around to the to the um the to the current of the water, right? And so to keep in a straight line to go forward, you have to have a motor running, or in this case, oars is what is what Muller says. Orthodoxy and obedience are the oars we we use to stay on path to to keep on straight. But when we compromise on our orthodoxy or on our doctrine or on our theology, and and we don't obey the truths of Scripture, guess what? Man, we're going to drift spiritually. And so that's our hope for you guys, um, as you listen to this podcast, is that you can see the truths of Scripture and and use that to stay on track in in your faith and in your walk with Christ, uh, in your pursuit of Christ. Because, man, I don't want to see you guys spiritually drift. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see myself or you, Andrew, spiritually mm-hmm. drift. Um, and so that's why it's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, odds are most of the people that you go to tr- uh, to school with are believing wrongly about who God is and what the Bible says. And so as Christians, it's our job to help people understand that, Help help people understand who God is but then even specifically for today, who God the Father is. So last time we were on the pod, we looked at an overview of God, how He was Trinitarian, how He was good, how He was overarching and overruling. Today we're going to go deeper into who specifically one member of the Trinity is, and that is God the Father. If, if, you're, uh, if you've got it, man, pull it up. But if not, just listen to what the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 article 2 says about God the Father. It says, God as Father reigns with providential care over his universe, his creatures, and the flow of stream of human history according to the purposes of his grace. He is all powerful, all knowing, all loving, and all wise. God is Father in truth. Those who become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ, he is fatherly in his attitude toward all. Men. So hey, as we think about this, let's let's think about a few different aspects of 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 what this article section says. So gee, what what stands out to you, ma'am?
1: Yeah, so so taking that first line of it, it says God as Father reigns with providential care. So we have like two attributes there really in that mm-hmm. in that first line is is he reigns. Um so like reigning means he is like over, he is in charge of all things. He is on the throne, uh ruling and then reigning is what we usually say, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then he does that with providential care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man, that is cool because usually when we think about someone who rules, uh, we think of corruption, yeah, dictator, um,
0: harsh.
1: Yeah, that's right, or like just don't not caring about yeah. the people, right? Um, we because why? Because our view of leadership has been corrupted by by human fallenness, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it's important to see that not only does he reign, but he reigns with providential care. Um, he. Cares about the people that he reigns mm-hmm. over. He cares about the creation that he reigns over. Uh, we see that in in First John chapter three verse one it says, "How great is the love the Father has lavished us that he should uh, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are." Right, man. That's a good Mm -hmm. ruler and reigner. That's someone who I want to rule and reign over my life because he truly cares about me um, on a personal level. It's not just for his benefit. Mm -hmm. It's not just for um, so that he can use me and and get as much out of me and then leave me defeated and depleted, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's Mm -hmm. so that, um, yes,
0: so I can bring glory to him, but so that I can live uh, my life in Mm -hmm. in the fullest Mm -hmm. way possible as well. Yeah, it's almost even when I was just thinking on this fatherly thing, and, and he's, we're going to talk about that in just a minute too. Um, man, it's so comforting. It's so comforting just as a as a person, as a Christian. Again, this is why theology matters, because we don't know that God actually cares for us in this fatherly way unless we read our Bibles. Um, another thing that it says that He does all of these things according to His purposes. Like God has an overarching purpose, not only for our lives, but... He has an overarching plan for His creation. And the beautiful thing is, is that it will be done according to the way that He wants it to be done. You know, we always think about, like, why does God do it this way? Or why does God do it this way? Or why did this happen? Or why did that happen? Well, the truth is, is God has created things in a way that they are that we can most best perfectly see who He is. He has organized all of his creation to help us see him clearer and better. His beautiful attributes, his grace, his mercy, uh, even his wrath, the way that he has designed everything is the way that it ought to be. Why? Because he is he is the good creator. He is he is God the Father.
1: Yeah, and we can find rest in that because of the the attributes it he gives here in the in the in the mm-hmm. statement, right? Because he is all powerful, he is all knowing. He is all mm-hmm. loving and he is all wise. Yeah, that's right. Um those those uh four, five, is it four, five? Um, yeah, four, four attributes that it gives in the in the statement here, like those give us rest in that that his mm-hmm. eternal overarching plan mm-hmm. is going to be what is best. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And then another thing to point out is that he is father to those who become his children. So there's a specific group mm-hmm. here. His children. Uh, his children, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't say to all things. He is a father to uh, those who become his children, uh, but to his children, man, he is a good mm-hmm. father. Um, we, we sing this song in church sometimes, right? Um, Go ahead, G. uh I ain't going to sing it, but we, we sing the same <laughs> line over and over and over and over and over again, telling him that he is a good, good father, right? That is who you are. That is who you are. And so sometimes, you know, uh, songs like that can be can be a little corny, uh, but, like, it, it is a truth about who God is. He is a good father to his mm-hmm. children, right? Uh, Galatians 4, 1-7. through 7. You, you guys listen to the words uh, of this scripture. It S- says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, Born under the law to redeem those who are under the law, mm-hmm. so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Right? Man. Mm-hmm. That is a good father. You're telling me that I, a a sinful, fallen human being, mm-hmm. can be an heir with Christ, the perfecter of our faith? Mm-hmm man, that is crazy. That is a good father. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a merciful father and a loving father.
0: Yeah. You know, the really hard thing that I always think about this passage, uh, specifically this one, that we can call out to him, Father. There's a ton of people in this world who do not have good fathers, Uh, just to be honest. I know there's people in our student ministry who do not have good fathers. Um, I know of friends that I grew up with who didn't have good fathers. And so automatically a view could be adopted that, oh, God is a father. I literally don't want anything to do with him because mine didn't want anything to do with me or worse, you know. And so what we see, though, is God is that father, the protector, the sustainer, the provider, the lover. I mean, he he is everything that we need in a
1: father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, we talked about our framework uh, around leadership, right, Mm -hmm. Um, like like reigners. And then you talk about fathers, right? Um, and so, like we hear people complain all the time, oh, well, governmental leaders—they don't care about us. They don't care about the people, or, or, or even fathers. Like, even if you have a good father, your father has messed up before, yep. and you have craved maybe something more from him—maybe more attention, or maybe more affection, or maybe you, uh, more like just compliments. Right? There's things in these these following relationships in this world that make us crave for more. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, God is those things That's to right. perfection. So. What you crave for more in a leader, um, governmental or just in any type of, of, mm-hmm. of submission role, man, you can find that in God perfectly, right? What you crave out out of your father more, even if good father or father mm-hmm. who's non existent yep. in your life, right? Either one of those situations, you're gonna crave something greater and you can find that in in the fathership of mm-hmm. of of God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, so man, rest in that. Yeah. Rest and, and cling to God. So many people, uh so many people wrestle with the fact that God um how God works and why God would do things the way he does and, and why why would I serve a God that would allow those bad things to happen and like hmm. so many questions around the goodness of God. But at the end of the day, we can find rest in that because he is all knowing, because he is all loving, because he is all powerful, and because he is all wise. We can find full rest um, in, in God, the Father, and reigner and ruler of our
0: lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the challenges, which is super weird for this, but hey, what is what it is, is is my challenge for me to be that type of good father to like Jude. You know, to to be not a replacement for God, the Father in her life, but you know, I want more than anything for her to know God the Father and her to know him as her greatest father but a challenge for me to be a good father a father that's like my heavenly father one that embodies who he is and what he is and his loves and his hatreds and all of those things i want to be that for jude and uh and it's really it's really beautiful uh there's so much comfort that can be found uh, in, in in god the father himself
1: yeah, because ultimately these roles, like you as a father to Jude, are set up mm-hmm. to be a reflection of God. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so like for you to be the best father you can be is mm-hmm. to reflect how God has been a good father to mm-hmm. you. Um, and the same thing for leadership roles, right? Um, just thought, like thinking through how we lead our ministries, right? Uh, how we lead our ministries should reflect how God has ha- leads and, and,
0: and sets up things and, and mm-hmm. governs them and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. So, so give us some ways maybe we can—remember, uh, these are theological things, so what are some ways that we can either apply this to our life or things that we need to keep in mind, or how does this impact the fact that it's Wednesday, the first day of fall in 2022? Like, How can me knowing more of who and what God the Father is, how does that help me on a daily basis? So I think the first thing is just, just
1: know God the Father, right? Mm-hmm. Know Him. This God we've just talked about that has— uh, that reigns that that is our father that has an overarching plan that he knew from the beginning of all things mm-hmm. um and he knows the end of all things No, that that father wants to have a relationship with you and with me right and so know him uh strive to to learn about him through scripture and to
0: to um Have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it almost even reminds me of the fact that he is a good father, and like we would want to know him. Uh, In James one, it says that uh, it says, "Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change." There's the God doesn't change passage. Uh, Of His own will, He brought us forth that we should be His first kind of first fruits of. Uh, a creature and so it's it's beautiful that man like god is the giver of good gifts a good father gives good things to his children you know whether that's discipline which sometimes seems like it hurts but it actually sharpens and helps um or whether it's you know these blessings that the father has given us that that we find every day um even the fact that we got to wake up this morning so man know the father know know him intimately um, but then also, again, there's people that you go to school with that's on your teams, maybe that live in your house, that do not have good fathers and do not know the Heavenly Father. A call for us as true Christians, not just people who are named Christian or we claim it, but truly Christians because we've been bought by the blood of Christ, um, we we should tell other people about our Father so that they can be adopted into the family of God. As I'm thinking uh...
1: Through like the the facts from from the theology um, survey we, we went over at the beginning mm-hmm. like I hope you guys also are seeing that that scripture is is a there's a reason that scripture was the first thing right all things are tied back to scripture if scripture is not inerrant if scripture is not perfect uh then we have no we have no objective truths right we have nothing in concrete to go off of and to base what we believe off of, right? And so, like, thinking about the 50% of evangelical Christians that said that God changes, Mm. it's just a complete dismissal of what Scripture says, as you just read in in James 1. And it's actually an adoption of what worldly fathers do, who do actually change. Yeah. Man, I don't want to serve a God that changes, right? And I find so much comfort and rest in the fact that my God will never change. He Mm -hmm. has been the same from beginning to end, and my actions... Uh, the the direction of culture, all of these things don't change his mind, um, be, because he is who he is, right? And his and his plan is perfect. So, like, to tie all this to, to to scripture is that like the biggest thing we have to fight in our culture right now, and in not even just our culture, in our churches, is that scripture is inerrant. Mm-hmm. Scripture is the breathed word of God, as Second Timothy three sixteen through eighteen says, or seventeen. Um, and, and and that is that's where our fight begins against yep. culture and against the church. If we could get the church to return to the fact that Scripture is inerrant, man, all these other doctrines will follow suit,
0: um, and and mm-hmm. God will be more glorified. Yeah. So we go back to where we started uh, last week, week before last. Uh, believe what the Bible says. Read what the Bible says and believe it, and trust trust that God is who He says He is. And for this week, He is He is Father. Hey, just to let you guys know, we're using an exposition of the BFM 2000 that Southern Seminary did several years ago. Uh, You can check it out in our show notes. There's a bunch of really great, smart, and faithful guys who have talked about these things. And so if you just want something else to read on what we believe and what the Baptist Faith and Message says, uh, you should totally check it out. Uh, But for this week, that's it. Uh, We'll see you guys tonight. It's Wednesday night. Uh, We're learning about... uh, our good Father and what He does for us through the Book of Ephesians. So I'm excited. We will see you guys
1: next week. Hope you guys have a, a good week. If you guys ever have any questions, or um, I mean, if you just want to make a comment about the podcast, or if you're like, okay, I want I want my doctrine to be solid, um, but I need some help. Man, we'd love to hear from you guys in our uh, Instagram DMs. Um, text us if you have our numbers, and and we'd love to hear from you there uh, at the Rock FM. SM- Uh, or at pursuit underscore rrbc on instagram
0: oh yeah so hey look today was god the father next week is god the son look for it to drop on thursdays we'll talk to you soon see you guys peace out
1: you've been listening to the pursuing the rock podcast a podcast of the pursuit young adults ministry and the rock student ministry you can find more in the show notes about how to connect with us, and please like, share, and subscribe to wherever you get your podcast.